0: So many viewers seem to have this reaction. Gary David Alexander tells us in his master's thesis that his first encounter with Richard O'Brien's The Rocky Horror Show occurred in August of 2000 while working as an undergraduate assistant in the scene shop at the University of North Carolina. I worked as a carpenter and assisted in constructing the scenery for The Rocky Horror Show, which opened on Halloween that year, One of the department's graduate students, Kyle Beery, designed the scenery and it was grandiose in every aspect. The scenic design was so monumental in scale that the scene shop employees had to work additional hours in order to get the show built on time. In constructing this show, I simultaneously had the most fun I have ever had and the most misery. I saw the show twice after it opened and at the time it was one of my greatest theatrical experiences. The inventive design choices changed my perspective of how scenic design communicates. I got goosebumps and felt content with my career choice. The experience impacted me so much that my memory of the visual climax of the play still makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up. <laughs> Alexander dreamed of designing the set for a production of the Rocky Horror Show, and his dream came true at the University of Central Florida. Here he was, wanting to give the audience a truly hair-raising experience, but he also wanted to make the design his very own. So here's the way he thought the process through. In the stage directions in the opening pages of Richard O'Brien's script, a specific time period is never mentioned. However, the dialogue that is spoken by the characters place it into a mid-1950s science fiction genre. Because no clear time period is ascribed to this play, I could follow numerous assumptions. From the original script, written in 1972, I could extrapolate that the majority of the show's action could take place at this time. Another assumption is that the setting of Dr. Frank and Furter's Castle references the work of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein which recalls the early 19th century, when Shelley originally created her novel. The classic Boris Karloff film Frankenstein is also conjured from the setting because it references the horror genre of 1931, the year that it was filmed. My research revealed that O'Brien had a strong influence from classic horror and science fiction B-movies when writing the script for Rocky Horror Show, and it was safe to assume that because of his fascination with classic horror films, he was referencing the stylization and the period of the 1931 Karloff film. Another time period reference is centered on the characters of the Transylvanians. These characters, including Dr. Frank N. inhabit the castle and speak in their own style of dialogue, which carries an I-don't-care punk rock attitude of the 1970s and 1980s. All well and good for Alexander, except that when he met the first time with the director of the musical in Florida, Earl wanted to present a version of the Rocky Horror Show that went against the conventional approach that most audience members were expecting. Instead of presenting a musical, he wanted to give the audience a rock and roll show with hardly any dialogue the rock format did not change the script but changed the way that the actors related to the audience he thought that the music needed to be the primary focus of the design not the story the design of the play would exhibit a rock and roll mentality and present the show in a fashion which the actors were interacting with the audience inspired by the rock and roll earl knew that he was presenting the Rocky Horror Show and that due to the cult success of the film, the audience would be coming to the theater with many expectations. Instead of pausing for audience lines and showing movements from the movie, he wanted the audience to experience a new version of Rocky Horror that would be just as strong as what the audience might expect. Wait just a darn minute. Stop right there. Director John Bubble of the Little Theatre of Wilkes-Barre had the kind of wham-bam-slam kind of reaction that Alexander did when he first experienced the Rocky Horror Show. And now, many years later, when he has a chance to direct and to shape an entire production of the show, he too wants to give the audience a -a one-of-a-kind evening at the theatre, but he has no intention of throwing the baby out with the bathwater, as Earl seems to have done in Florida. John loves the show too much and respects the audience too much. And will the show be different this time? David Parmalee, who has the role of Dr. Scott, guarantees it. There will be plenty of surprises as the Little Theatre of Wilkes-Barre presents the Rocky Horror Show for four performances opening this Thursday night in advance of the announcement in early November of the theater's 100th anniversary season. Just think of all the remarkable actors who filled the stage. Then U.S. Congressman Dan Flood, Catherine Swank Flood, his wife Charlotte Lord. It is a cliché, but we can't help but saying, If Walls Could Talk. We had a chance to speak by phone with director John Bubble about his vision for the Rocky Horror Show and to general manager David Parmley about spirits abroad or possibly abroad at the theater.
1: Actually, uh, it is a haunted house. Every theater, every good theater has a ghost. You know, that's the story. And uh, we believe our ghost is the ghost of Walter Mitchell's father, who was probably the most deeply involved individual. Oh, gosh, Uh, I'm thinking somewhere in the area of 1940s to 1960s. Walter will correct me on that, but it was a huge part of the history of old theater. And especially before we got our new heating system, when you'd work there, especially alone at night, you'd hear all kinds of noises. And it's dark, so yeah, it has been somewhat ghostly, no question. In fact, theaters traditionally, whether by superstition, union rules, or just the desire to save on electricity, when they were empty, they would put one single bulb in one stand at the center of the stage, and it's called a ghost light. It's there to help the ghost navigate the stage. And we have a ghost light, too. We recently adopted it, and that's, that's what we have in the center of the stage. But It was a dark, empty, lonely place for a long time. And uh, thank heavens it's gone back to its true nature, full of people enjoying themselves, meeting one another, seeing great theater. And, of course, on the other side of the curtain, actors, actresses, musicians, technical people, designers able to do what they love again. Because we can't do it without one another. We can't do theater alone like you can write poetry. And we can't do it without a place to perform. So we are so grateful to have that place Back in business and alive again with all the spirit of creation that is live theater.
2: I think it it has been it's been great for me to be in that in that building again for for eighteen months. Those historic doors on North Main Street they were shuttered due to the pandemic and and it was sorely missed in the community. They were they were reopened for Tall Green Plumber in September. It was very well received, very well attended. People had a great time and. I think it's, it's a classic example of uh, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. I think as performers, we took a lot for granted, and um, it was taken away from us. And now we're, we're kind of approaching it with sort of a fresh gratitude for the whole process. Be that the late nights, spending time with friends, creating with friends, and seeing the audiences after the shows. I think we're, we're approaching everything with, with a newfound gratitude.
0: John, we know that presenting Rocky Horror is a tradition at the Little Theater. How about you and Rocky Horror? Do you go back a ways with the show? I do, actually. This this is my fourth time being involved with it at Little Theater.
2: I was in it three times as an actor. Uh, This is my first time directing it. And actually, my my history with Rocky Horror actually goes back 20 years. I I probably discovered it way younger than I should have. I was 10 years old, and my brother, he was a freshman in college, and he was participating in an evening of one act, and the closing act was a shadow cast of Rocky Horror. And I saw him on stage that night, and I, I thought, he looks like he's having the time of his life up there. He never set foot on stage again, but that night kind of changed the course of my life in a in a pretty pretty severe way.
0: The spell was cast, so you know what it's like to be up there and having callbacks from the audience and so forth. You know all that. But what have you wanted to do? What's your vision of Rocky Horror? Um, My vision for Rocky Horror is really to bring it back
2: to its roots, kind of make it uh, as close to the movie as it possibly can be, while also... Adding in flares of that uh, 1970s punk rock that my my costumer Kimberly Rose did a did a terrific job with, and also incorporating some of the sort of Art Deco styling set wise that my set designer Alyssa Simmers is doing a terrific job with. But my whole team is really really backing me up to to make this. Production is as good as it can
1: be. And I think the audience is really going to be pleased with it. Part of his vision is the idea of surprise. He's doing some surprise things with some of the characters. Uh, He's using the theater in different ways than it's been used before. But John's vision for Rocky is a traditional vision. He believes in the appeal and the charm and the extremely unique magnetism and charisma of that show as it was written and as it has been staged. So he's trying to expand upon that and then do some things that haven't been done.
0: Do you know anything about the history of Rocky, how it came about? Yes, actually, it was written in the 1970s. It was originally
2: a stage show, and then it it became the movie, and then it became the cult success that lives today. I think a, a lot of that is due to the incredible, the incredible work of, of Tim Curry in both the original show and the, and the movie. But it, it really has taken on a life of its own over the years. And it, it has grown and it has evolved over the years. And as someone who has loved it from a very young age, it, it's been a very interesting evolution for me to watch.
1: There, there's a lot more to Rocky than just the fun and the interaction. It's quirky, to say the least. I mean, this is Richard O'Brien's unique and singular vision, based on a lot of influences on him. Science fiction movies, obviously. The uh, the B-movies of the 1950s and 1960s. Uh, things that were going on in England as he was growing up. Uh, Hollywood. I mean, there are so many references in it. But when you, when you spend the time with that script, to look a little below the surface, it's not Shakespeare, but... There are some backstories to those characters that you can divine and figure out and use. It's an interesting script, more so than I ever thought, watching it from the audience. There's, there's a lot to it, talking about society changing, people's standards of behavior changing, their visions of who they are changing. There's a lot there. So I am really, really enjoying working on it for the first time on stage, after having helped in various capacities for the first six And believe it or not, here we are at Rocky 7, asterisk interrupted by COVID, right?
0: Watching the movie, even in a theater, and watching the play different. What are the great aspects of watching it in a theater with live actors?
2: The main reason that it's different than watching the movie is the movie will always be the same. You don't know what will happen. You don't know if an actor will break the fourth wall. You could see it each four nights that it's at the little theater, and it may never be the same, any of the four nights. You never know what will happen. There's, there's definitely that element of surprise to it all that I, I think a lot of people respond to.
1: Yes, exactly. The script, of course, does not change. It's not improvised. Uh, it, it's the same every night. There's a, a point where one of the characters says, I don't know what's going to happen next. And the, the callback is, haven't you read the script? Of course, there is a script, but that script changes depending on what the audience wants to do and how the actors want to interact. And to their credit, you know, I've seen a lot of performances of Rocky at Little Theater, and I've never seen uh, an actor break where they actually break character and are convulsed in laughter. Uh, And I'm I'm sure some people have been sort of biting their tongues not to do that. But, you know, it, it doesn't require that to add a charming moment to the evening. You know, John Bubble and I are both big fans of the Grateful Dead, and the Grateful Dead could play the same fifteen songs on a Tuesday and a Wednesday, and the concert on the Wednesday would be very, very different. and that I think that describes Rocky pretty well
0: and as a director, you feel confident giving the actors permission to do that experimenting? Of, of course.
2: Now, I gave a, a couple of the characters just permission to break that fourth wall. And I've had the great pleasure of having my friend and our, our previous narrator of the past five years at Little Theater and kind of Rocky Horror expert, Dan Bieferman, sit in on the rehearsals to prepare the actors for the callbacks that they might be receiving. He's been, he's been giving them the callback since the first rehearsal. So they're, they're really ready for anything at this point.
0: Just tell people how callbacks function in Rocky Horror.
2: That's, that's a great question, Erica. So basically, Rocky Horror is one of the few shows where audience participation isn't necessarily... where audience participation is actually encouraged. And they have entire textbooks written on what to yell at the stage or the screen at what time during the show really it's it's a cult classic in every sense and um part of what's so exciting about it is it's constantly it's constantly growing and some of the things the audience may yell it 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 changes from year to year sometimes you get new stuff i i hear stuff all the time throughout the rehearsal process that i've never heard before that breaks me that makes me laugh it makes the actors break character as well from time to time but the callbacks are essentially kind of a, a nicer form of heckling from the audience.
1: One thing about Wilkes-Barre, we are such polite people. We are so kind to one another. It's very difficult to get people to yell mean things at the actors on stage. They, they almost have to be encouraged and egged on. They're like, well, that's not nice. I don't want to call that nice young man that name, but you're supposed to. So, yeah, we, we think. We hope people will be in high spirits, ready to engage, and just ready to have a heck of a good time. We've always called it the best Halloween party in town. And here we are, show on Thursday, show on Friday, two on Saturday, which is the eve of Halloween, including the famous 1159 Rocky, or the the midnight show.
0: And in that regard, when you're talking about audience interaction, aren't there certain kits that people bring to throw at and get involved in that way too? Yes. We we will actually
2: have prop bags available for a, a small additional fee on top of your ticket if you uh, do want to get one at the Little Theater. Now, we don't have all of them. There are points when people use squirt guns or they throw toast or rice. Now, all of that would really be, be detrimental to the maintenance of a 100-year-old theater. We, we would love to have that, but we also need to clean it all up at the end of the night. But we, we do have an assortment of props for people to use throughout the show as well. What about music, John? Uh, the music in the show, it is one of the few musicals where I don't think there's a bad number in the whole show. Like, every single song is good. Every single song is catchy every single song sticks with you and we're, we're lucky enough to have Jennifer Hunter as our music director she's terrific I've, I've worked with her a number of times and she is actually bringing the Trans-Siberian Orchestra tribute band 1224 as her backing band for the show so we, we have like a legitimate rock band backing us up I'm, I'm very very curious to hear that for the first time
0: John you've played Dr. Scott over the years. Tell us who the character is.
2: I, I played Dr. Scott in previous years twice, uh, the role that David Parmalee is playing this year. And he is a former teacher of the two main characters, and he's also in a wheelchair. So that kind of limits his movement a little bit. But in a, a particularly heated moment during the show, I, I didn't run it by the directors, and I got kind of yelled at. But I, I did stand up, and the, the audience responded fairly well to that.
0: Well, given that history, have you trusted David Parmalee to break the fourth wall or do something different with Dr. Scott? David, has he?
1: Well, that, it's funny you should mention that, that. One of the callbacks in the show is I have that ability. <laughs> But John, John did issue me my license to do insult comedy in return for insult comedy. He said, you're one of the people who can interact with the audience. And we actually have folks who attend rehearsal just for fun, just to do callbacks with us. But yeah, I, I'm hoping for some interaction because that's part of what Rocky's all about. Uh, the the character is you know, a very, very minor character, but he's a lot of fun and he's very eccentric.
0: We're not going to say typecasting, but I think you could do eccentric. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Now, Rocky Horror is not for little children.
1: <laughs> it is hard to overstate that enough, Erica. <laughs> it, it is for the spirit of youth and folly and expression and individuality in all of us, but it is is—it is definitely a mature audiences type of production.
0: Let's go back to the way we started, and that was mm-hmm. talking about the opening up of the theater this season now after the long hiatus because of covid is this a particularly appropriate show because of the fact that the audience is involved? I, I think it's tremendously appropriate, yes.
2: I, I, I think Little Theater, they, they can always rely on Rocky Horror to be one of their, one of their biggest sellers of the year. So I think it's, it's very appropriate that we bring back one of our audience favorites to be one of the first productions back in the building and again we we did have an original musical tall green plumber there in september which was terrific audiences responded really well too but everyone is is very excited for for rocky horror as the the pre-sale ticket sales indicate
1: that's right It, it is very common to see extremely good shadow casts the people who dress up go together in a bunch Uh, Go to a movie theater that's showing it, again, often a midnight show. I mean, there's places in the United States that show it every week and and act out the action in front of the screen. But it's not too common to see the actual musical Rocky Horror Show produced live on stage with a live orchestra, and we have a heck of a live orchestra, and it's an experience. It's a treat, so it's kind of a rare opportunity. I, I would recommend people drive a couple hours to see this one.
0: David Parmalee, general manager of the Little Theatre of Wilkes-Barre, and actor in the role of Dr. Scott in this production, and director John Bubble, speaking with us about the upcoming number seven minus COVID production of the Rocky Horror Show at the Little Theatre of Wilkes-Barre, opening this Thursday, October 28th, and running for four performances. Thursday and Friday at 8 and October 30th at 7 p.m. and then at 11.59 p.m. to qualify as The Midnight Show. For more information on the web, ltwb.org, ltwb.org. The Little Theatre of Wilkes-Barre, 537 North Main Street. And for more information, ltwb.org. And we want to alert you to a very special date in the history of the Little Theatre of Wilkes-Barre. On November 6th, Little Theatre will present a public event to announce the season that will mark number 100. The theatre is one of the oldest operating community theatres in the country, and they will announce their 100th anniversary season on November 6th. So you're invited to attend, and if you need more information, again, you can find everything you need on ltwb.org or on the theater's Facebook page. But it is Rocky Horror, the Rocky Horror show opening Thursday, October 28th, and running for four performances, Thursday and Friday at 8 p.m., and October 30th at 7 p.m. and 11.59. And that's just tickling midnight. For more information, ltwb.org or on the theater's Facebook page.